Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Tillerson is out and Pompeo is in as President Trump shakes up the State Department. Plus, the House Intel Committee ends its Russia probe and insults the intelligent community in the process, and a high-stakes special election that could test the president's power. This is the State of America Tonight. My commission as Secretary of State will terminate at midnight, March the 31st. It's as shocking for me to say it as it is for you to hear it. I wish Rex Tillerson well. President Donald Trump has fired the Secretary of State Rex Tillerson. I think Mike Pompeo will be a truly great Secretary of State. This could be a total restructuring. Very happy with the decision by the House Intelligence Committee saying there was absolutely no collusion. The investigation is ending. We are writing our report based on what we heard. As you know, now we're going to the wall. We're going to be looking at the prototypes, which is very important for our country. Hello, I'm John Avalon, live in New York on a slow news day, and this is the State of America Tonight. After a lot of sparring with Golden State officials, including a recent immigration lawsuit, President Trump is in California today. It's his first visit to the nation's most populous state since taking office. He's checking out prototypes of one of his signature campaign pledges, a border wall. Now, the trip comes amid the latest episode of White House Survivor. Or maybe it's As the West Wing Turns. Regardless, we've got soap opera in Trump land on our hands, folks, where each character tries to outwit, outplay, and outlast their rivals and their boss. Today, Rex Tillerson lost that fight. I close by thanking all for the privilege of serving beside you for the last 14 months. I'll now return to private life as a private citizen, as a proud American, proud of the opportunity I've had to serve my country. The former Exxon CEO can now add former Secretary of State to his resume after the president announced he will replace his chief diplomat with hawkish CIA director Mike Pompeo. I've worked with Mike Pompeo now for quite some time. Tremendous energy, tremendous intellect. We're always on the same wavelength. Rex and I have been talking about this for a long time. Uh, we, We got along actually quite well. But we disagreed on things. Rex is a very good man. I like Rex a lot. I really appreciate his commitment and his service. And I'll be speaking to Rex over a long period of time. While President Trump had kind words for Tillerson this morning, he apparently did not share that sentiment face to face. A State Department official says Tillerson learned of his firing from this tweet announcing the news in a statement. That same official went on to say, quote, The secretary had every intention of remaining because of tangible progress made on critical national security issues. The secretary did not speak to the president this morning and is unaware of the reason, but he is grateful for the opportunity to serve. By the way, that 
top Tillerson aide who released that statement? Yeah, he's gone too. The White House fired him for giving out the details this morning. But back to the big story. Even though Tillerson saw progress, sources tell CNN that a split over North Korea was the breaking point for Mr. Trump, who didn't feel Tillerson had his back. A former State Department spokesman summed up the impact at home and abroad. To foreign leaders, this might be a good move because Tillerson was never really seen as a reputable, credible, credible voice on behalf of President Trump. It's not such a good thing for, I don't think, for our diplomats and the, and the, and the, and the Department of State, which was already bristling under Tillerson's sort of ham-fisted uh, uh, management style. But under Mike Pompeo now, it's going to be a much more political Department of State. Ohio Governor John Kasich, who lost his own battle with Trump in the 2016 GOP primary, said the differences were probably just too big to overcome. You get a guy like Tillerson, again, CEO of a big company, you get the president of the United States. The big time CEO's got to realize the president's the boss and they were never on the same page. And if you're not going to be on the same page for a period of time, then you ought to leave. There's probably another thing that was too big to overcome. Remember those reports last fall that Tillerson called Trump a moron? Well, he never really denied it. And sources tell CNN the president never really got over it. I'm not going to deal with petty stuff like that. I mean, this is this is what I don't understand about Washington. Again, you know, I'm not from this place. But the places I come from, we don't deal with that kind of petty nonsense. And it is intended to know nothing but divide people. And I'm just not going to be part of this effort to divide this administration. Now, Senator Bob Corker, the top Republican on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and a Tillerson supporter, sounded cautiously optimistic about the future this morning. Senator, last year, remember you said last year that getting rid that Tillerson was among the three officials separating this country from chaos. Now that he's gone, are you concerned this country could descend into chaos? Well, I, uh, again, I, Pompeo seems like someone who also has a distinguished background. I just need to get to, to know him and sit down with him. But wait, there may be more from this Game of Thrones. A White House source telling CNN that more changes could be ahead as soon as this week, citing, quote, Winds of change. Ominous. Well, we've got a big plate of news on this busy Tuesday. And yes, folks, it is only Tuesday. CNN White House reporter Caitlin Collins joins me now. Caitlin, this news took certainly Secretary of State Tillerson by surprise. What is the backstory? Why now for the firing? There is quite a backstory here, John. As you see there, the president is in California. He's touring those uh, prototypes of the border wall that he wants, that he campaigned on. But before he boarded the Air Force One to go to California, the president tweeted out that he had fired his secretary of state, Rex Tillerson, and that he was replacing him with the CIA director, Mike Pompeo, someone he says he is on the same wavelength as. But those of us who cover the White House saw this Tillerson firing coming from a mile away, John, because there has been this long simmering feud between the president and Secretary of State Rex Tillerson for some time now. Now, the president said today that they disagreed on policies such as the Iran deal. He also mentioned a very striking comment about how he essentially left Tillerson out of those talks last week when he decided he was going to meet with the North Korean dictator and Kim Jong which was just certainly stunning in and of itself. And it was pretty evident last week as we heard from Tillerson himself saying that we were a long way off from any kind of negotiations 
with them. But it wasn't just business here, John. It was also a very personal feud between these two men. And part of that was in part because Tillerson referred to the president as a moron over the summer, something the president knew about at the time, but then became enraged all over again when it leaked out to the press last fall. And his anger over that never subsided. And we saw that in small comments the president made. You remember that one interview where he said he wanted to compare IQ scores with the Secretary of State, which is usually not a good sign that you're on a good page with your boss. So this is certainly something that we saw coming, but the fact that it came today after Tillerson's five country tour through Africa was stunning in and of itself. And as you heard from Tillerson earlier, a very sober Rex Tillerson, but the president said there could be more departures to come and that he thinks he is almost near having his cabinet just where he wants it, John. Fascinating stuff. Note to self, no IQ tests between fellow staffers. Kaylin Collins, thank you. And the eyes of President Trump and many of his fellow Republicans are on Pennsylvania today, where a special election is taking place right in the heart of Trump country. In one corner, Democrat Connor Lamb. In the other, Republican Rick Saccone, who made these jaw-dropping remarks about liberal voters just last night. I've talked to so many of these on the left, and they, they have a hatred for our president. I tell you, Many of them have a hatred for our country. And I'll tell you some more. My wife and I saw it again today. They have a hatred for God. A hatred for God. Well, CNN's Alex Markhart is on the scene in Western PA. Alex, what are you feeling on the ground and how is turnout in the stormy weather? Turn has actually been pretty good. Uh, Sacone voted here at this church earlier today, and there have been people going in and out all day long. John, this is an incredibly special election on so many levels. Technically, yes, of course, but figuratively as well. It is testing the energy of Trump. It is testing uh, the passion of Democrats to come out against Trump. Uh, it's, it's, it's looking, it's highlighting all of the divisions among uh, in American politics today. The two candidates have voted. They're stopping at different polling stations throughout the course of the day. We spoke with Sacone when he came here to vote earlier today. He was projecting an air of confidence, but he should be a little bit worried. We've been talking about a race that's been neck and neck over the course of the past few days. But the last poll from Monmouth yesterday showed Connor Lamb, the Democrat, ahead by six points. Now, how is this possible? When you look at the history of the 18th Congressional District here in Pennsylvania, this is a district that the president won by almost 20 points in 2016. John, in the last two congressional races, 2016, 2014, the Democrats didn't even bother fielding a candidate. I put that question to Rick Saccone earlier today. He said that in an open election like this one, the Democrats are, are giving it all they've got. They're pouring all their resources into this race. What he failed to mention is that he's also gotten an immense level of support. He's had $12.5 million in funding from outside Republican groups. When you talk to people here on the ground, when you talk to people there in Washington, uh, uh, you know, people agree that this is a referendum on the president. People are going to turn out based on really whether they like the president or not. There is a lot on the line for Republicans. There's a lot on the line for President Trump. We will get the results once polls close at 8 p.m. tonight. John. Hey, Alex, it's game day in Western PA. Thank you. All right. Coming up, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson is out. It's just the latest turn in the White House revolving door. Our panel weighs in next. So here we are, back on familiar ground, doing an autopsy on yet another abrupt departure from the Trump White House while the political body is still warm. Rex Tillerson is out as America's top diplomat. Mike Pompeo is in. 
the panel tonight here, Alice Stewart, Republican strategist and CNN political commentator. Steve Rogers, a member of Trump's advisory campaign board. Samantha Vinograd, a CNN U.S. security analyst. And Josh Rogan, CNN political analyst and columnist for The Washington Post. It's good to have you all with us. Another slow news day, folks. How will we fill the time? Josh, here's my question to you. Secretary of State Tillerson, not only a feud about whether he called the president a moron or not, but differences in policy. He didn't seem to have the president's confidence. So what was the straw that seems to have broken the president's back? Was it him taking his own script on Russia, being more hawkish? Was it being too dovish on North Korea? Tell us what you're hearing. This is death by a thousand cuts, okay? You have one set of policy differences, which is what Trump mentioned in his uh, remarks on the White House lawn this morning. Then you have another set of personal differences, including Rex Tillerson being upset that Trump said racist things about Charlottesville, that he talked in sexual innuendo to the Boy Scouts, the group that Rex Tillerson used to lead, etc. Then you have, like, personality and personnel differences. Uh, they couldn't agree on a staff. They couldn't even agree on how to run the State Department. And when you put all of those things together, it was clear that this relationship was simply untenable. It had been teetering for months. Nobody knew exactly when Rex Tillerson was going to go, but he was definitely going to go. And it doesn't really matter what's the last thing that happened before Trump decided to fire him. The relationship Despite the fact that both men tried to make it work over many, many months, uh, which is never really going to work out. So now Trump gets somebody he likes, somebody who agrees with him, somebody who could maybe repair the relationship between the White House and the State Department, which is what they're going to need if they right. want to get stuff done. Somebody who's known as being quite hawkish and has been delivering the president's daily briefing. Samantha, I want to go to you next because you know your way around the State Department national security apparatus. And with Mike Pompeo being moved up to the State Department... The United States has the first female CIA director, uh, Gina Haspel, who's got a controversial background uh, with regard to waterboarding and support for some of those Bush-era anti-terror techniques, including uh, running a uh, Thai prison at one point. Samantha, what do you think are the opportunities and complications of that appointment? Well, I think that we need to be very clear on what Gina Haspel did or did not do during her 33-year career at the CIA. And let me be clear. I am not here to be an apologist for Gina Haspel, but the president approves the covert action programs that Gina Haspel did participate in, like the secret jail in Thailand. And the president makes a decision on whether things like enhanced interrogation are going to be part of U.S. policy. So it is a fact that the president did approve those programs. It is also a fact that Gina Haspel was involved in those programs and was at the time following the lawful orders of the president of the United States. It is not accurate to say that Gina Haspel views enhanced interrogation as an efficient means of collection. I don't think we know whether Gina Haspel likes enhanced interrogation as a technique at this point. And I think it's very important that during her confirmation process that members of the Senate ask her whether, in her capacity as CIA director, she'll recommend the use of torture to the president of the United States. That's a valid question, and it's also valid to argue that Gina Haspel should have quit. Uh, because of the abhorrent nature of the things that she was asked to do. But at this point, I think it's very important that President Trump uh, weigh in on how he views these programs, because that's what will impact whether or not they are or not espoused under Gina Haspel. 
Well, we know. I mean, while he's an open critic of George W. Bush's foreign policy, he's been incredibly hawkish on enhanced interrogation techniques. But, uh, you know, uh, Alice, I want to go to you because you know your way around Washington and confirmations hearings. And already the point Sam just made, the preview of coming attractions, has been floated by Senator John McCain, who says that this nominee will need to answer uh, for uh, support or executing enhanced interrogation techniques under her watch in the past. What do you expect in this particular debate? It will certainly be a, a challenge, given the current uh, feelings and atmospheres with regarding uh, enhanced interrogation techniques. But, John, you have to re remember when this was uh, at its height, this was uh, just after 9-11. We were in a different place. We were in a different mindset in our society, sure. and there were different views at the time. And there was more widespread national acceptance with regard to those techniques. And she will have it's certainly to answer those questions. But from what we're hearing uh, throughout Washington and those in the intel community, a large part in Pompeo's success in the CIA was his decision to bring her on as his chief deputy because of her respect and because of her reputation within the CIA. So yeah. I think she has that going for her. As far as Pompeo, uh, he is certainly well liked. I don't see his confirmation being uh, very uh, difficult and a tough road to hoe. Let me just say, if I can, real quickly, John, with regard to how this quickly. is being viewed across uh, internationally, they're looking at this as more of the, the fact that Trump and Pompeo uh, share similar uh, views on these issues. And that's the overall yep. focus on that, this. They share, I, I think that's uh, they share national security issues. And if Trump would have handled I this get differently, to Steve, that Alice. I want to get to Steve. Steve, you know, Pompeo's a Tea Party guy. Uh, the Trump and the Tea Party had some questions about aggressive foreign policy from the Republican past playbook. Do you think this Trump, this means Trump is going to get more assertive and hawkish in foreign policy? Or is this just a whole new Trump playbook altogether? Well, I believe he's going to stay the course. John, keep in mind that he's been pretty successful so far with his foreign policy vision and methodologies. If we look at North Korea, look, we, 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 there's no secret that there were many, many critics when the president referred to the North Korean leader as rocket man and, you know, I have a bigger button than you, etc. A lot of critics, but I don't hear those critics now. The president knows and knew way back then how to get this guy to the table. And now, which is very important, is he has a man, Mr. Pompey, in a position that's going to support the president's vision. He's going to support his methodologies. Why? Because it's working. All right, Steve, we're going to have to leave it there, panel, but stick with me. Come right back. But interesting, uh, tweets, tough, tough tweets are part of Trump's strategy. Coming up. Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee say they've seen and heard enough about Russia. They're shutting down their investigation over the strong objection of Democrats. President Trump and our panel will weigh in just ahead. We're very happy with the decision by the House Intelligence Committee saying there was absolutely no collusion with respect to Russia, and uh, it was a very powerful decision, a very strong decision. It was a powerful decision that left no doubt. Did he mention powerful? That was a victory lap right there by President Trump. There's only one problem, that powerful decision by the House Intelligence Committee, well, wasn't really a committee decision at all. Republicans outnumbered Democrats on the panel and decided unilaterally to shut down the probe. Democrats say the abrupt move leaves questions unanswered, leads unexplored, and countless witnesses uncalled. 
Let's get back to our panel. There is a lot to talk about. This was a bombshell announcement last night. Not surprising, but somehow still shocking. Uh, Josh Rogan, my question to you, with all this information out there, the part of the panel's hopelessly deadlocked, does this actually decision add to the credibility of the House panel, or do they basically, have they just punted and admitted they've become too controversial and divided to do anything of use on this? Listen, I think it's clear that the uh, this House Intelligence Committee investigation uh, long ago stopped being the source of anyone's confidence that they would get to the bottom of the Trump-Russia story, okay? Now, besides being horrendously divided, uh, you know, the credibility has been shot by the actions of for Chairman Devin Nunes as he's shuttled back and forth to the White House, made a, 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 you know, a huge issue over um, this leaked, the, mem the memo, and basically, instead of investigating the collusion, spent most of his time attacking the FBI, investigating the dossier, investigating the investigation, and then that caused a corresponding sort of partisan uh, uh, path by the Democrats. And, you know, this is an acknowledgement of the reality, is that this House right. Intelligence Committee investigation is just not going to be the center of gravity. It's not going to answer our questions. So at some point, they were just going to have to wrap it up. And just because they didn't find the collusion doesn't mean there is no collusion. It just means they didn't find it, and we're going to have to wait to see what the Senate committee and Robert Mueller come up with. That's exactly right. But, Alice, here's what's stunning to me. It's not just they didn't find evidence of collusion and decided to call it a day. It's that they took the proactive step of saying that they found no evidence that Vladimir Putin had tried to influence the election on Donald Trump's behalf. Now, there's plenty of evidence that that initial attempt to sow the seeds of chaos and uh, drive up identity politics in America moved to an outright pro-Trump, anti-Hillary agenda. Alice, as a Republican, does that strain credibility for you? Unfortunately, it does. Look, if you're going to find the worm here in this Russia collusion story, you have to turn over every single rock, and I don't think they have done so. It's not a surprise that the Republican report out of this uh, vehemently says there's no collusion coordination or conspiracy. I think we knew all along that was going to happen. And the reality is the, the real problem here is Russian interference in our elections and the American uh, democracy. That's what we need to get to the bottom of. I think uh, finding the true results of any kind of collusion or co a, a conspiracy with the Trump campaign the only real answer we'll get from that is out of the Mueller investigation. I think they did exactly what the president wanted them to do under the direction of Nunes and also taking a dig at the intelligence community as well. And that report was just icing on the cake. I'm anxious to hear what the Senate has to say about this. But most importantly, for the real situation here and the real problem, Russian coordination and collusion, uh, I'm waiting to hear that from the Mueller report. So. Uh, Samantha, let me go to you next. I mean, one of the stunning things is the way they basically dismissed the overwhelming opinion of the Intelligence Committee, um, saying that they knew better. The Intelligence Committee had gotten the information wrong. And that includes the CIA, led by incoming Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Um, is this deep dissension in the Trump ranks, or is this just really evidence of a reality distortion field that they're going to stick to, ignoring the contradictions within their own camp? I think that both President Trump and apparently now the House Republicans like to listen to the intelligence community when it's convenient for them and when it fits a narrative or a policy decision that they want to take. But it is hubris to an, ex uh, an inordinate extent to think that members of uh, the House committee somehow know better than the entire intelligence community, who is nonpartisan, who, as you mentioned, includes the CIA, 
and has assessed that Vladimir Putin preferred Donald Trump as a candidate, not because Putin loves Donald Trump, but because right. he thought that Donald Trump would espouse policies more helpful to Russia. And unfortunately, the ironic thing, John, is that this kind of sideshow that we're seeing unfold uh, in the House right now actually helps Vladimir Putin's objectives of sowing uh, divisions and helping our institutions look less credible. I know that uh, as an American... I got to get to Steve real quick. Steve, simple question to you. As a Republican, as a Trump supporter, do you worry that this hurts Republicans' credibility with the national security establishment? Not at all, John. I could tell you that they came to the reality that there is no collusion. There never was collusion. Two years into the Mueller investigation, no evidence. The key word here is That's show me the evidence. Three years? All right. Two, two, but, almost two years. All right. The, the, the Mueller investigation continues and the Senate Intel report is still ahead. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate your weighing in. On day 418 of President Trump's administration, that is the state of America tonight, folks. Check out our podcast, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app, and we will see you back here tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number Smart Beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.